Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Years Away. Um, I'm Brett, he's Steve, and we have a lot of basketball coming up pretty shortly, don't we, Steve? Brett, I just have one question for you. I, that's kind of sad, because I have a lot of questions for you today. Fair, but you know what my one question is? No. Hey, what's up? Not much, man. How are you? You think that's what Serge said to Kawhi when he got that text from him? Isn't that like verbatim what he said? It must have been, uh, but I'm sure we'll we'll delve into that uh, that illustrious text later. We will. Um, this is, as I stated, this is two years away. Uh, the podcast that you know is getting there. We're getting there. Uh, this is episode twenty-eight. Um, and we've, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot on our plate today, Steve. Uh, you know, a lot's, a lot's happened since, uh, we recorded our pre-draft episode and we're going to get into, you know, most of it, um, just, just as a fair warning to our listeners. Um, we know, uh, we've gotten several emails, um, and I believe someone sent me a carrier pigeon, um, asking about our 30 teams in 60 minutes episode and have no fear. We will have, have that out and ready to go by the time the season starts for all your, uh, preseason NBA needs. Um, but, you know, I think before we get into anything, um, I got to ask you, Steve, how have you been running the damn ball recently? Yeah, so uh, running the damn ball, you know, there's a big event in my life that's going to lead to me being able to run the damn ball a lot better than I have been recently. And that is that I just finished grad school. And so, Thank you, Brett. I uh, really appreciate it. And so what that means is that less time for useless homework assignments and uh, mundane Zoom lectures and more time to do the things that matter, such as uh, reading NBA blogs um, and reading uh, articles on sports websites and watching more of the NBA uh, and other things. So um, via that, I will be running the damn ball a lot more than I have been over the last couple of years. That's, you know, that's great, man. Congratulations on being done. Um, you know, I, I, a minor critique that maybe that's a little bit of a narrow and that it's just entirely NBA and no college basketball. I'm a little bit disappointed, but, um, you know, we got to do what you got to do. How have you been running the damn ball? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an odd time in my life right now. I'm, I'm set to start uh, the first finals of my law school career in a couple days here. Um, and I feel like when I was in, when I was in college and it was kind of stressful studying time, I always flipped on these random playlists of really like awful eighties music. I'm not really sure why I did it. Um, but I, I, you know, I kind of found my groove last night while I was studying, um, and, you know, kind of started running the damn ball. Uh, I found a really solid playlist, of, like seventies AM gold music. So just like solid seventies mellow hits. And that really kind of got me in a groove, um, and as Steve, as you saw, as we were prepping the show notes, um, I mentioned this to my dad this morning, um, currently currently at home for a little bit. And uh, he just came in with a bunch of like CDs for me with titles like Positively 60s, which is an as seen on TV CD. Uh, the best of the weather report. Actually, they're great. And Pure 70s. So very glad to throw those in. The, I'm very excited to throw those in the CD player, which I do still have here uh, and uh, really get the ball rolling today. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> so, with that in mind, um, 
as as you will all remember by virtue of listening to every single episode that we put out, um, the NBA draft was pretty recently. And, you know, it, it obviously didn't have the same feel, but I I think overall, and just from an aesthetic standpoint, like they did the best they could from the ESPN headquarters. Uh, it was kind of funny seeing like every, because normally everyone's at one big desk, but I guess they just put everyone at their own tiny desk, um, which just kind of off aesthetically. But, you know, they had they had Adam Silver, they had Mark Tatum. It was weird not hearing everybody boo each of them on the, on the first pick. Um, but I think, you know, overall, good, good experience. Um, I mean, the draft is, you know, as we've stated, one of our favorite days of the year. Um, and so I think, you know, with that, with that in mind, um, there was still a lot that happened, maybe not any, anything huge. I think starting by the fact that the Warriors ended up electing to keep their own pick at number two and, and draft James Wiseman, um, which probably hinges on, on the news that, that came out that day that Clay Thompson could be done for the season with, I believe an Achilles injury. Um, so I guess just just to start, you know, Steve, some teams that you thought that acquitted themselves well over the course of, of this draft. Yeah, so I thought that the three quote-unquote best picks in the draft kind of came mid-late lottery round. Um, I, I really like the, the Kings taking Halliburton at 12. Yep. Um, I, I think he's just, he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of versatility as a prospect where I think with him, um, yeah, you know, he's not, he's not the perfect all around player now, but I could see him, I could see him developing into a killer shooter. I could see him developing into that killer type of like tall point forward that can distribute the ball. I could see him doing a lot of great things on defense. I mean, I think he, he's kind of like your your five-tool basketball player, you know, such a thing as this. And so I, I really like that pick. And then I actually think for the value, I think the Knicks and Wizards, you know, for, for the guys that they drafted there, you know, if, if you listen to the the pre-draft podcast, I'm a big Obi Toppin fan, and I kind of like that pick for the, the Knicks taking the local guy. Like, I think I think there's a chance that they, they have something special there. And I think with, with Denny, you know, People were projecting him to go higher, and so I actually think he can he can fit right in for the Wizards, and, and they might actually you know, especially we'll, we'll talk about the the Westbrook trade later, but they they might have a playoff team next year, you know, all all else equal, and, and I think he can fit right in there. And I, I know they mentioned this uh, their coverage on ESPN, um, and I don't necessarily disagree. Like he's got a chance to he's got a chance to be the best player you know that comes out of this draft if if it all kind of works out. So. Um, those are really the, the three picks that I thought were the best kind of pure picks in the draft. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, you make a bunch of good points and I, I also, you know, think that Tyrese Halliburton was one of my favorite players in the draft too. So, you know, you're, you've got my agreement there. I also want to shout out, um, whoever it was in the Kings war room as they were drafted, as they were showing, um, Halliburton being drafted and you know how they always just do the, the, the flash to the, uh, the war rooms. In, uh, you know, where I, I mean, they're not at, you know, the Barclays Center or Radio City anymore, but uh, shout out to whoever in the Kings war room decided that, you know, this draft thing is important, but you know what I really got to see right now? The game between Central Michigan and, and I believe Western Michigan, they were watching Maction like on one of their giant screens, uh, you know, which, you know, is obviously not even basketball. Uh, they were watching during uh, during the draft, which I just 
you know, if that doesn't sum up the last 20 years of the Sacramento Kings, I don't really know what does. Hey, man, the chips are always fired up. Don't, uh, don't hate. Uh, hey, I, I'm not, I'm not denigrating uh, Max. I'm, I'm questioning the, uh, the motivations of some, some in the war room. What did, what did you think as far as, as far as best picks? So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's some very interesting guys. Um, I think, you know, when, when you look, when you look at, um, yeah, you know, obviously there's, you know, Charlotte's probably thrilled to get LaMelo. Um, but I think that, um, San Antonio really got a guy that fits their system and they've had success with this kind of guy before in Devin Vassell. Um, and you know, he's another one of those guys that was kind of projected to go all over the place. Um, I saw him as high as four or five, some, some spots like throughout the, you know, the, uh, mock draft season. Um, and I do kind of wonder, I don't know if, uh, you saw this, but there was a video that popped up on Twitter probably a month ago or maybe a month before the draft, um, where he showed off, he was, it was just a video of him shooting in some workout and like his shot had totally been retooled and it looked like a worse version of Adam Morrison's shot. Um, and everyone on Twitter immediately was just like, what the hell is going on with this? Um, and you know, the video was taken down within 20 minutes and, and whatever. But so everyone was kind of wondering like, is, is this real? Is it not? Um, cause you know, he shot 42% from three last year. He's projects as a elite three and D guy at, at, you know, without that being his ceiling. So it, I guess it was inevitable that he could fall a little bit, um, at that point, but you know, the Spurs, that's exactly what they're looking for, right? They're looking for guys that play hard nose, hard nose defense, can hit open shots and have the potential to really kind of grow um, into something more, you know, obviously this is, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a wish, wishful projection, but we saw it happen with Kawhi Leonard um, and Vassell is not necessarily the, the exact same mold, but he's cut from a semi-similar cloth. And I think that they have the chance to really develop him uh well, especially because he doesn't always really need the ball in his hands, and they've got you know some guards that are pretty ball dominant over there. Um, and then I think the New Orleans Pelicans got a really really nice complimentary piece to Lonzo Ball when they drafted Kyra Lewis. Um, you know, we, it's always interesting, right? Like, and I know you're a big proponent of of uh, shouting down anyone from the SEC that's not uh, from Kentucky, um, but I think that. You know, especially in a with a new coach last year, um, you know that Alabama team had had a lot of potential, and Kyra Lewis specifically had a lot to do with that. He's he's really fast. He's a knockdown shooter, um, and he will most importantly play very well next to Lonzo Ball. Um, and as someone that can help space the floor for a team that you know kind of looks like they need it at times um, with with Lonzo and Zion out there. Um, and then one more pick I want to shout out is, uh, the Mavs in the second round, actually taking Tyrell Terry. Um, you know, it was, it was, um, much lower than, you know, definitely you, you know, you, I, and, and Max had kind of thought about, um, when we were doing our, our pre-draft podcast, I'd seen him as high as, you know, 14 in some, or in around that neighborhood. Um, and especially after his, his off season growth spurt where he put on 20 pounds and grew two or three inches. Um, you know, the, I think the Mavs with, with him and Josh green, uh, really kind of got a couple nice playmakers that, that will, that fit that the timeline of, of, you know, Luca and Porzingis, um, and will really 
kind of help that team not only offensively, but will actually help improve them defensively, specifically with with Josh Green. Yeah, the other so the other and, and by the way, my uh, my comments about SEC players only pertain to big men. So um, no, no, uh, no animosity with uh, the Pelicans taking Tyler Lewis Jr. Um, I, I thought the the other pick I wanted to call out was the Heat taking uh, Precious Achiura in the in the first round. I uh, I really I really like his his abilities. Even he's going to fit in so perfectly with that culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great kind of fit to the to the to the team that they're they're building down there for their uh, to make a, another run at the at the title this year. Yeah, yeah, no, I think um, I mean I think at this point we're we're we can be pretty sure that the Heat are not gonna gonna miss on many picks at this point. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how he if and how he can play alongside Bam. Um, just you know, you're kind of giving up a little bit of height when you do that, but. Yeah, Preston Prestichu is is definitely a dude that um, we saw. You know, we saw him step in in the in the absence of James Wiseman last year after Wiseman decided not to continue his uh, athletic career at the University of Memphis um, and really, really kind of had a coming out year, uh, which is which is great to see. Um, and then I, you know, I've, I mentioned this on the last couple on the last podcast as well, but you know, these guys, um, the Malachi Flynn, Peyton Pritchard picks, um, I love it especially towards the end of the first round teams that know they might need to be replacing um, guard depth um, that, you know, getting, getting a, getting a guy that has four years of experience leading a, a high powered offense um, and can just be trusted to make the right play. You're never going to go wrong. Taking one of those guys at the end of the first round. Um, moving on uh, some teams that there, there are some teams that kind of made some head scratching moves. I think um, with, with some picks or, you know, any, anything else that, that goes on in the draft. So what, what do you think we've got? Uh, what do you got there for, for some questions you may have about some, some picks? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think, I mean, start starting right at the top. I mean, I'd, I'd go to number four with the bulls. Um, as, as kind of the, the biggest kind of head scratcher there. Um, I, it's, it's not a, insult to Patrick Williams more so than it is a indictment of, of what was there on the board to be taken at that time. Um, Patrick Williams could turn out to be a, you know, a good NBA player. Um, and you, you understand in a way what they were trying to get in taking a type of player like him. I just, you know, for the, for a guy that was kind of a late riser, you know, ACC sixth man of the year, you know, when like, if, if you're just comparing him kind of straight up to, you know, guys that were taken, even any of those guys taken like eight through 12, like, I don't know. I mean, I would rate like top, top or Denny or like, argue, I mean, arguably like Jalen Smith or Halliburton in the, in the same kind of, breath as you would Patrick Williams and so in that regard it, it just didn't make sense you know I, I like you know, take, take Killian Hayes or take a car take a car you know I, I don't know I just I thought that was a little bit of a head scratcher at four yeah I mean yeah no I, I think especially because I, I don't know about you but for maybe the two weeks leading up to the actual draft day 
I was virtually anticipating, I was just basically anticipating that, that the Bulls were going to draft Denny. Like, I think that was kind of all, all inclinations. It lined up with Karnasovas's uh, expertise in, in scouting Europe and um, just all this, you know, all, all these, all these factors. And again, like you said, Patrick Williams could turn out to be really good, but I don't know that that all of his body of work screams fourth pick in the draft. And that's as much of an indictment of, of just drafting for potential that as, as opposed to concrete performance in, in college in the, in recent years. And yeah, it it was not as a, as a Bulls fan, it's not the most exciting pick because he's going to come in and play what 15 minutes a game, maybe 20 minutes a game. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're dead, if you're really serious about making the playoffs this year, he doesn't help you get there. I don't think. So, yeah, I, 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 I get the logic behind the pick, but it's, I don't know. I mean, good for the, good for, good for the Bulls for not, for not having it leak. That was, that was good. It means, you know, the new, the new front office at least is, uh, Keeps it keeps it close to the vest, which I'll take. I'll take that at this point. <laughs> it's gonna be an it's gonna be another rough season, but we're gonna we'll get into that later. Um, did you have any other ones? Uh, that that was really where most of my uh, at least of the top picks. That was the biggest head scratcher for me. What's what's on your mind? Um, so I think the big one for me is Emmanuel Quickly, um, New York Knicks. I didn't love a lot about that Kentucky team last year, really, um, in terms of top-level NBA talent besides Tyrese Maxey. Um, and I think with with quickly, you're getting you're getting a shooter, and basically everyone's everyone's going to hope that they're getting lucky into the next Tyler Hero. I think at that point in the draft, um, but quickly's a good shooter, that's for sure. But I think he's a little undersized. I think he's going to struggle to adapt to the speed of the, of the NBA game. And I think his defense is his offense isn't going to be good enough immediately to make him worth the potential defensive liability, but it's also the Knicks. So it's not like their team is it's it, it, this, this year is about seeing what works with the, with the first year of Leon Rose. And all you can do is give it is give yourself enough shots at, at, at draft picks in that, in that regard. So I don't, I don't hate it, but it was, I think you, you could have gotten him in the second round. Um, I know in Tom Thibodeau, uh, he's not going to play this year anyway. I keep, I keep forgetting that Thibodeau is the coach of the Knicks. So yeah, that's even, even more so. Yeah. Um, and another head scratcher, it's not necessarily a pick, uh, in terms of like who, who orchestrated this, but, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, RJ Hampton got drafted and he's now on the nuggets, but I, I think the pick was made by the Pacers or the Bucks because the pick is. I'm looking at the official thing, and the the pick has been traded three times. I think it was made by the Bucks. It was made by the Bucks. Um, so he he, you know, he had what what well what what the NBA did, I guess, was send everybody all 30 teams hats that might get drafted so they could put on the correct hat. Um, so RJ Hampton had this Bucks hat on, and he. Uh, somehow got word of the trade like and the camera's like in his house or the zoom is like set up at his house and after he'd gotten word of the trade 
the someone I it might have been his dad or or someone like took the Bucks hat and like threw it on the ground and was stepping on it because he'd heard that they had traded him. <laughs> and he got he was on TV, like unbeknownst to him. And so when he saw that he was on TV, he, like picked it up and put it back on RJ's head. It was really funny. Uh, uh, yeah. So that was fired for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was that might be a fireable offense. But I think okay. And then the other one, um, I mean again, and at this point, you're at the 27th pick. You're really just taking a shot. It's 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 the end of the first round. That pick's not going to potentially play out very often. I'm not really sure why the Jazz took Yudoka Azubuki. Um, they already have someone that's just a better version of him that they've locked up long term. And there were better players available at that point. I think Gobert and Azubuki have essentially the same exact skill set, except Gobert's more athletic and more polished, obviously, because... Long time pro, but like I just, especially for a team that's really trying to retool right now and and just turn around and compete for a spot in the Western Conference Finals, I don't think you need a backup big man that can't do anything besides try and swat shots and play within four feet of the rim. And I don't think I don't think you know it's like a great dude either. <laughs> so I yeah, you could be right. No, um, not uh, not not the point, but uh, right, not the, but just in terms of pure basketball fit, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't take a shot on like Desmond Bain or even or even Tyrell Terry, like guys that can stretch the floor and you know cre- help help create space for for Donovan Mitchell. So that was another one where I was I was very confused and i've actually it's you know when you when you look at like i was having the same conversation about uh this is gonna get a little bit off topic but like why kofi coburn is gonna stay in college for four years because he can't do anything really and it's like well azabuki wasn't great either and he got drafted because he's huge so you know yeah especially in today's nba it didn't really make a ton of sense unless he unless he learns how to shoot yeah, i i don't like totally i don't totally agree with you on the like logic that like, why would you draft him if, like, you have another guy on your team who just does the same thing? I mean, like, you know, there's injury risk there. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you don't, you also don't know, like, the chemistry thing between Mitchell and Gilbert. Like, yeah, oh, that's you, true. you need that, an air. That, like like, that feels like it was four years ago. So, fair. You need, like, an air <laughs> parent there. Like, I don't, I don't know that, like, but I don't, I agree with you in that, like, I don't know. I don't like this dude very much. <laughs> that's hey, that's fair too. I just I think the pick as a whole like didn't make yeah. a lot of sense. Speaking of other things that you know some might like and some others might not like, it's time for the Supon segment. Excellent transition. I know, really, really, really impressive work I've been doing here. Um, so for those of you who uh, may potentially be first time listeners or uh, have forgotten what the centerpiece of this show is about. The Supon segment is where we pay homage to Jeff Supon, the patron saint of our podcast, by talking about any and everything that is average in our lives. Uh, so, Steve, Steve, what do you got? Okay, uh, I'm going to tell everyone about my uh, illustrious Walgreens run um, earlier this week. Before you go any further, illustrious Walgreens run is exactly the kind of language we're looking for on the Supon segment. So that's well done. Well, good. Maybe this will be this will be highly rated. Okay, so you know, I mean, anytime you go to Walgreens, you're like you're, you're really going for something like random, right? At the end of the day, like you know, there's no like 
hey, I'm going to Walgreens to like do a full on grocery run. Like it's usually just like stuff you didn't you like realize you need and and yeah. you know you like forget about it when you go to the grocery store or whatever. So you know, I I go there and I, I you know I, I try to do these these runs fairly early in the morning before work, so like there's not a gazillion people there. Um, and so what I noticed was, you know, I go in and I basically, I, I realize I need two things. I need shampoo and I need deodorant. Two, not three, two. Not three. Um, and so, okay, like you think shampoo, deodorant, like pretty simple, right? Well, actually not so simple because uh, when I first try to embark on uh, my mission of finding shampoo, I, I get to the shampoo aisle and I notice that... Um, Kind of similarly, you know how they lock the the aisles yes. razors. Mm-hmm. So like you know, anytime you, anytime you need to go get a razor, like you have to find someone to it up. Well, apparently they're yeah. they're doing that with shampoo now. So uh, they do the same thing at the CVS by my apartment. Okay, good. Everyone yeah. can relate to this then. So you know, I am like, oh, this is weird. Like I've never seen this before. Why are they doing this? So you know, I go on like you know, try to find someone eventually find someone get them to unlock it and and, you know all is well right well then i go to the deodorant section and apparently those are locked too and i'm like what is this world that we're living in where um there's all this ridiculousness that i have to deal with it so I, i try to go find the same person and you know they have to like unlock it again and it like gosh you know you're wondering like you know, I, I know they're tr- what they told me is that they're trying kind of like how, you know, some stores are rationing like hand sanitizer and things like that. I think there's like, you know, huge supply chain issues, but they're trying to not like come in and have people just buy wow. 10 bottles of shampoo every time they go to Walgreens because that must have been happening, which would have led them to do this. But uh, makes it somewhat miserable for all the normal people that are just trying to get in and out in two minutes and, and get their bare necessities. So I found that thoroughly average. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely the CVS by my apartment has been has been doing that. But there's usually only like maybe two people in the entire like two employees in the store and one of them's working the register. So it's always like an adventure to try. I've spent like 15 minutes trying to find people to help me with that. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a good, that's, that's a good one. I like that. Thank you. What, can you top that? No, but, um, so people who have worked with me before know that I like, I use, I use post-it notes to remind myself of things and keep track of different tasks and, and, and things like that. I usually like writing out my like plan for the day, uh, on a little post-it note with just like tasks I have to do and things like that. So I've been doing that for studying problem is I use so many of these damn things that I never know. Like I'll have, I'll, I'll like, I just kind of leave them on my desk. And so I'll see like four different days worth of note, worth of post-it notes with like tasks. And it's like, I don't even know anymore. So I, I, I've, I've realized that I'm just using way too many of these things to try and keep myself organized, but it, sometimes it usually just ends up making it like, sometimes it just makes it worse. So you know, there's there's a lot I need to reevaluate as I head into next semester, but uh, I think I think the the post-its issue is uh, I just get I get post-it happy, but you know you can see I have this little cube. They're different colors. It's fun. <laughs> Except no one can see that, right? Well, you can, and that's what matters. You can see it, and that's what matters, Steve. Um, 
I, yeah. I hear, you know, post-its are, post-its are, are definitely Supon content for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And, uh, you know, if you, if any of the listeners out there in the world have things they'd like us to talk about that are average, uh, you can, can send us an email at two years away pod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, uh, technically, uh, at two underscore years underscore away, uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, I'll work on getting the Twitter more active uh, when I've got some time. And uh, yeah, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes if that's your platform of choice. We are on Spotify, so that's cool. So thanks to everyone for checking us out over there. Um, all right, now that that's over. Um, I don't know if you've heard, Steve, but it's, you know, a lot of guys have changed teams recently. It's NBA free agency. Yes, yes. Um. And, you know, I think, I think, although there, there have been a lot of like very interesting things, but I think the first one I want to start with is, um, you know, maybe maybe more under the radar uh, signing, but one that will nonetheless be a significant driver of the playoff conversation. And that's Myers Leonard re-upping in Miami for two years at $10 million a year. Um, Okay. In all seriousness, um, I actually want to talk about Pat Connaughton re-signing and Wes Awandu. Wow, you're just really not having it today. All right. <laughs> the biggest news out of out of the NBA recently uh, in terms of, of free agency, uh, the trade between the Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards, uh, where the Wizards sent John Wall on a first-round pick for uh, two to Houston for Russell Westbrook, reuniting Russell Westbrook with uh, Coach Scott Brooks and um, really just kind of creating a very interesting dynamic with with Bradley Beal and whoever else is on the Washington Wizards. Um, so is, if you're Cassius Winston now on the on the Washington Wizards, is there a worse point guard to learn from for his style of game than Russell Westbrook? <laughs> Um, well, no, I mean, if that's, if that's the, that's, the that, anger, I, no, I, I, I just wanted to get a reaction out of you for that one. Um, if that's, if that's the angle here, um, trust me, I'm all in on, on Cassius Winston's stunted, uh, stunted NBA development. So, uh, I, I will not bat an eye at that. No, uh, um, but I, I think, I guess, yeah. What do, what do we think? What do we think of this move? Just like in a vacuum. Um, I, what I come back to with all this stuff is that, like, it is not that hard to make the playoffs in the East. And, like, I think if you're Washington, you haven't had a good team in a while, or at least it seems like a while. And, like, your team is all of a sudden pretty good. Like, Beal, Westbrook, and, I mean, not like, not like win a first round playoff series good, but, like, Good enough that you can excite the fan base. You know, you have star power. You've got three pretty good, like, your top three are pretty, pretty good. And, like, I don't know if Beal's going to stay, you know, like, you don't, like, it's a salary cap disaster. But, like, I mean, if there's fans at some of these games, you'd think it would lead to an exciting brand of basketball, no? Yeah. No, I, I think, like you said, the the, the, the overall driving factor is that it's going to be, excuse me. It's going to be really easy to make the play, relic, you know, 
given it's not it's not as easy as you think like there's six teams no. that are probably like shoe-ins so like they have to get seven or eight like i don't think that like they it's, should yeah. you're right you're right I, sh- I should reframe that it's it's definitely far from out of the question that like they could make the playoffs this year right like yeah they've got a, they've got a really good shot i mean when you have with that level of top line talent in the east like how, how many teams that are in that same level like can boast to all NBA players. Yeah, not very many. Yeah. The answer. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, especially when you're looking, you're, the, 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 the um, competition there is going to be like the Hawks, the Bulls, the Pistons, the. The Frank Vogel led Orlando Magic. Yeah, the Frank Vogel led Orlando Magic. Uh, thank you. Um, also, that was also. Why did they draft Cole Anthony? Remember who called that, by the way? You did call that, and I, props to you, but I don't know what Frank Vogel is thinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that joke's never going to get old, and I'm glad I can just laugh at myself. Um, but yeah, like, you know, those are the teams the Wizards are competing with, and yeah, there's going to be, a, especially with abbreviated training camp and games starting, today's December 6th, games start in 16 days, like, that's going to be a lot of tension. There's going to be a lot of tension. It's not going to look great for probably the first month of the season, but you know, and I, I think also, um, you know, there's, there is, I think the, the pick that they traded was a 2023 protected first round pick maybe. And, you know, offloading one of a, a fan favorite in wall for someone that's really going to come in and be polarizing and giving up a first round pick to do so is, not ideal, I don't think, but I I don't know. I mean, winning cures all, right? Like John Wall has been healthy in a while, you yeah, know. Like, like uh, and I I think the other thing that's interesting is so Russ now had one year under his belt of clearly having to be, you know, in, in Houston, he walked into a team where he it wasn't his team, right? Mm-hmm. And so he got a year of learning how to handle that. And like you know, in, in Washington, it's Bradley Beal's team right now. You know, he's oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, the, the fan base loves him. You know, and he's he's probably, a, I mean, most definitely a better player than Russell, Russell Westbrook at this point. And so, um, I don't think he'll have to worry about that. I think Russ has been humbled a little bit. I think his his gameplay is polarizing, but I think he's going to destroy some of these terrible teams in the East that he's going to play. Um, like his explosive style, like galvanizes you know crowds, and and you know crowds not being there, what crowds? You know, the entire the end of the year might hurt him. But I think all it takes is for them. Yeah, you know, it's not like he's coming into a situation where like he's expected to make the finals, like. He will be able to, to. They will be a better team than they were last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and I mean, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at their roster right now, and it's it's fine. Like it's definitely six to eight seed worthy in the East. Um, it's it's just gonna be very like I. You know, I think I think something something very interesting to watch is going to be like the last four minutes of close games. I think it'll take turns. I mean, like yeah, no, I I think I think I think it'll end up working out fine. Um, I don't know that it's enough to get Beal to like 
you know, commit long-term to staying in Washington, but you know, the team will be a lot more fun to watch. Um, and so, Oh, did you have another point you wanted to make? No, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, we can talk about the flip side for, for a second here. And I mean, now in Houston, you've got John Wall and James Harden, which is, uh, an interesting pairing to say the least. Um, I mean, they're, they're in the middle of a total rebuild given the exodus of, of Daryl Morey and, um, you know, it's good to see that they have a guy over six foot eight on their roster now. Um, but I think, I don't know if you necessarily make this trade if you don't think you're going to get, if you don't think you're going to deal hard in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that to me, the eye poppingness of this was more head scratching on the Houston side than it is yeah. on the Washington side. Um, because, like, I don't know. So there might be a world where they just thought, like, hey, this Westbrook thing, like, wasn't what we wanted. So we're going to get, like, a more traditional point guard. You know, but, I, I, like, I just, I don't know what the play here is. Like, it's just, especially in the West. Like, I, like it, you know, it, this offseason, I, I don't know that I fully agree with, like, full rebuild mode. But... You're, I certainly agree with the fact that, like, you know, you could look at this and say, like, okay, this is they're dismantling things and they're just taking on John Wall as like part of that process to, you know, fully like start over um, so that they can trade hard. And I don't know that I guarantee that, but that's definitely like one interpretation that you could make of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at their roster now, and it's like, did you know Jerry and Grant is on the on the Rockets now? Yay. Uh, I mean, you know, they made they made a couple like high potentially high upside draft picks. Um but I don't I this team as currently stated, besides James Harden, is not good enough to make the, the NBA playoffs unless John Wall is is really uh really back to it next next so I was going to say semester. I just, the only reason why I don't agree with you is that, like, you, you hear all the dialogue coming out of their camp, and it, like, sounds like they intend to start the season with, with Harden there, you know? Yeah, I just, and, like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to move Harden, right? Like, you know, you, you obviously have certain expectations of what you're going to be able to get for him, and deservedly so. He's one of the best players in the NBA, but who wants to pay up for that? Um. I think, I think there are a non-zero number of teams that would. I agree. I agree. I just think that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of difficult. I think just to move him. So I don't think. I think no. I don't agree with that. I think. I think. Uh, I think if if they really want to trade him, they'll find a way to. Now, are there expectations of what they should get? You know, going to match what's out there in the market? No, but like I think there's there are plenty of teams that would that would take him and, and try to make the run and try to make a run on either side, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. I, I probably should have phrased my initial, uh, my initial sentence better. Um, yeah, I, cause I think everything's going to, everything's going to have to go through Tillman for Ted, right? Like whoever, I don't know who the GM, I don't even know. I don't know who the GM is there now, but you know, he's not the easiest person in the world to deal with. And sure. I think what I, more of what I was saying is I think he's going to be he's going to be demanding, you know, a lot. Yes, as he should. 
Which, yeah, of course. And I, I just, I think he's going to be less willing to negotiate and, and. That is, that is probably. Yeah, that's, that's, that's point. where I was coming from. I think you, you are, you are correct. There are a lot of teams that would absolutely take James Harden right now and as they should. So that would be willing to make it work. I think it's going to be very interesting to see if, if Philly actually ends up putting anything together for him. Yeah. That was kind of my first thought. Yeah. So. You know, we'll see. It's going to be a, going to be an intra- interesting season in Houston. Um, at least they have another first round pick. Uh, all right, moving on. We can we can uh, get through the rest of these. Uh, more of a lightning round. Uh, Chris Paul's on the Suns. I thought so. Okay, I think the Suns are are probably one of like the biggest winners of this whole off season, right? Yep. Um, I just hope like Devin Booker's Twitter. Uh, like escapades get more publicity because gosh, I did not realize how much fun that is. Uh, yeah. but, but no, on a, on a serious note, I, I think like, I mean, the sun's hottest, hottest team at the end of the regular season last year. Like, I think, I think that yeah. they're going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, R- Ricky Rubio was, was really good for them. Um, but you get another level of playmaking with Chris Paul. Like, that's just, and you know, I think Uber really developed into a nice asset in terms of scoring. His defense wasn't amazing, and I think that's why they felt comfortable parting ways with him and letting McCall Bridges move into that starting starting spot. I'm assuming for next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you get the opportunity to to take to to trade for Chris Paul, even in in the Suns, really, they did have that. You know, the they've got a couple years worth of cap space before Aiton's eligible for his. I'm assuming is extension um, and bridges and, will be. And after. Don't, don't forget they got, they signed Jake Crowder too. Oh yeah. And oh. sorry, go for it. Hey, no, just a sneaky, like yeah. that kind of move that helps you deep in playoff series that, yeah. you know, shouldn't be discounted. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you draft Jalen Smith, which, you know, 10 might've been a little bit early for him, but you know, he's someone, he's, he's someone, as Aiton kind of works on developing his his outside game, you bring in someone that you can play alongside him and is another good rim protector and uh, hit the hit the three at about forty percent a forty percent clip in college. So there's a lot to like about his game, specifically tailored towards the Suns roster. So maybe 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 you can't play them together, but. He gives you a good option off the bench. I'm, so I'm where, where does this leave the Suns in the hierarchy? Mm, I mean, I'd say they're they're pro- at this point probably a little bit better than the Grizzlies with the addition of Chris Paul. Um, you know, you, Devin. You have, to, you have to think so. Like, okay, Houston. Houston falls out, yeah. um, and maybe maybe Oklahoma City falls out of the playoffs. So there might be two spots up for grabs. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, you know, is it is it Memphis and and Phoenix that that take them? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, within that spot, real and well, you've got Golden State that'll be back, and and you got the Kings. Um, so yeah, yeah you know, I don't know that this year Pelicans. Yeah, and the Pelicans. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know that this guarantees them anything, but and I, you know you have to wonder about Portland's playoff viability too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
And I don't know that like anything's a shoe in for the Jazz either. So it's just going to jumble everything even more, probably from like four through twelve. Four through. I mean, I think honestly, the only team we can really count out is Minnesota at this yeah. point. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Like, you can't count out the Spurs. Yeah, I think. I think I, I, it'll be. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it'll still be similar uh, to what it was at the end of the year last year. Um, so yeah, uh, but I think I think. You'd have to think Phoenix is higher in pecking order than where they ended up last year. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree would with it, that. Would it shock you if, like, we get to the end of the season and, like, Phoenix is sitting there, like, safely at the five seed? Yes, that would be extremely surprising. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. I think Dallas, I mean, the, both, both LA teams, Denver, Dallas, and... But that's my point. Like, Okay, safely is... Safely is, I guess, where I'm getting hung up now that I, I think. Mean, because Oklahoma City at, at the end of this year was sa- this past year was safely at the five, you know, or safely as in like at the five seed and not at risk of like missing the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you mean you mean five and cle- like significantly clear of the eight spot, the eight spot. Yeah. 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 I could. I guess not at this point. Nothing would really like shock me per se. Uh. In in that in that in that group of you know four through fourteen or whatever. No, no, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. I think, and you know, obviously we're gonna we're gonna get more more into that uh, when we when we do the thirty teams in sixty minutes. Can, in can we weeks. talk about like just teams that were like WTF this this free agency? Uh yes, absolutely. Okay. We talk about the Pistons and the Hornets. Okay. Did you, Steve? Did you read the itinerary? There's a whole uh, section entitled "What are the Pistons doing?" Okay. So, yes, uh, we can... Great. So um, I don't know, but but first, before the Pistons, like have you looked at the Hornets' salary cap situation. No, but I'm going to right now. Okay, just like look at how much money they have like locked up in their top four most. Well, so. Because so they stre- they stretched Batum, uh, Hayward's. <laughs> oh man, I, we have one person who listens to this podcast who's a Hornets fan, and I'm sorry, but yikes! Hey, why did they sign Hayward? I don't know. Like, I don't know because they wanted to like four years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, but also, is he the biggest free agent acquisition in the history of the Hornets? Probably. Right? Like, he's got, I mean, I guess they signed Alonzo Mourning, like, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some some people on here would say it's Tito 3-6, but. He's probably third. Yeah. Um. I'm 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 currently trying to load an article that's from a Hornets blog about the top three free agent signings in Charlotte Hornets history. Gerald Wallace. Well, number three they say is uh, Marvin Williams. <laughs> I disagree with. Al Jefferson was actually a pretty big one. That's true. That was yeah. And then David Wesley. Jeez. No. Did the Hornets draft Jamal Mashburn or Glenn Rice? 
Well, we're talking about the Hornets now, not the... Like, we're talking about the Bobcats slash Hornets, not the Pelicans. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, they're all, they're this No, okay, they, they didn't draft Jamal Ashburn. But yeah, okay, so in the last... So since since the Bobcats came back? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Okay, so David Wesley doesn't count, but Al Jefferson is probably the right answer. Mm. Right? All right, I'm tired of this conversation already. I think, anyway, okay, yeah, sorry. I think uh, I think the the listeners get the point. What the yeah. hell are the Hornets doing? It's gonna be a fun shit show to watch because like they've gone from just like passively bad to now they're like intentionally like yeah. bad. I mean, so. They drafted Vernon Carey, which I liked Big that. Big Vern. Big Vern. But, like, they're also paying Cody Zeller $15 million a year. Yeah, that's to, what I mean. Like, to be Co- no, 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 you're right. I think they re-signed Bismack Biombo too. Which, man, remember Bismack Biombo? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I mean, they've got some intriguing young talent. They've got they've got Devontae Graham. They obviously drafted LaMelo. Um, the Martin twins are... Wait, the Martin twins are not only on the same team, but they're making the exact same amount of money. I love that. <laughs> they're both making one million five hundred. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even think about Lamelo. Like this, this is just gonna be, this is gonna be. As I said, this is gonna be like a hilarious shitstorm. But yeah. okay, it it was not like I I couldn't even keep track of everything that Detroit did, like. And isn't there is there like a Plumley in Detroit now too? Mason, so Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant are now in Detroit, which I thought was going to basically be a sign and trade for Blake Griffin, but apparently not. They just decided to sign two of the like high priced Nuggets free agents on their own. Um, okay, guess who the third highest paid Piston is right now? You're not going to get it. He was not on the team last year. Oh, is it Josh Jackson? No, he is on the Pistons, but he's not the third highest paid Piston. Who is it? DeLon Wright. <laughs> they signed him to a. Uh, they signed. They signed and traded him with with Dallas. Which, sure. Um, oh, so he's he's not. Wait. Yeah, he signed a. Oh, it was a three year deal starting last year. How did they sign and trade him on an existing deal? Uh, maybe it's like an extension or something. It doesn't say so. Because so, he... Anyways, that's not that's not the important point. The important point is that they're paying him, Mason Plumley, and Rodney Magruder a combined... Uh, hold on. Math is hard. They're paying him, Mason Plumley, and Rodney Magruder a combined $22 million a year. Gosh. But... Also, do, do you remember they signed Julie Okafor? Yeah, I, I, I see that. Uh, you something insane? Julie Okafor's 24. <laughs> I just, like, if you're Jeremy Grant, you know, I I know, like, you want to get paid and everything, but, like... Yeah. I mean... Not gonna be, your career's not going to be fun. Like, well, I guess, I don't know, $60 million I mean, will make anyone's life fun, but... And... and you know, it's not like he's going to have a lot of competition for playing time once Blake Griffin gets hurt. But they have two centers on there. Mason Plumlee is their starting center right now, unless they play small. And I just, I was so confused at the Christian Wood thing. Like I was too. He was easily their best player last year. Yeah, like, um, 
But so I guess like kudos to the Rockets, but well, they also signed Leangelo Ball to a to an Exhibit Ten contract. Signed Derek Walton Jr. to a uh, to a guaranteed deal, actually. So um, did they really? He gets to come back. To Where is he? Yeah. I don't see him on this list, huh? Yeah, they signed him to one. Oh, nice. One year, one year, million dollar deal. Wayne Ellington is still in the league. I found out, but like it. And the, the weirdest part is, like, I was I was wrong about Derek Walton. Sorry, Philly signed him to that deal. Okay, I was going to say, he's not popping up on this contract. But, like, they made three really good draft picks, I think. Like, Killian Hayes has a lot of upside, especially where they got him at eight. If he can learn how to, especially if he can learn how to use his right hand. But, you know, he's he's a point guard that comes in. He's probably already the best point guard on their on their, on their team. And okay, maybe Derrick Rose is still a little bit better, but like, you know, he's he's a he's a crafty playmaker who can shoot it, and is only nineteen. Sadiq Bay is was one of my favorite players in this draft. He's a little old, but he's already a, basically an NBA level three and D guy um, who has a really high floor, if nothing else. And then uh, Isaiah Stewart's, you know, uh, Isaiah Stewart's a guy who's uh, as I mentioned on the on the, on the pre-draft show a little undersized but is a voracious rebounder and can score around the around the basket and I think he's got the potential to become at least a relevantly capable threat or like a like a decently capable threat from from three so I think you know with if you're just looking at those like those are good moves it's just everything else this offseason has been like what the hell are they doing yeah it's just I mean like well, I guess, okay, let's play this game. So, like, their starting five is what? Like, Rose, Kennard? No, they traded Luke Kennard. They traded him to the Clippers. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah, wait, I forgot to me- How did I forget to mention that? It was, they traded him, so that's why Rodney Magruder's on the on the Pistons. Um, okay, so you're going to insert a random shooting guard, and then you're going to start. Oh, they, wait, they got Land. Oh, Landry Shamit's on the Nets now. Huh, I totally forgot about this. Grant. So and Blake and Plumley, probably. Can you do that? Yeah. None of those guys are really like three point threats. You can't They're not start. Grant is. Grant, Grant is. But yeah. you can't start. I don't think. You, I mean, I guess they started drawing. Plumley and. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So the paucity of. Uh, yeah, that's just a, the spacing on this team to me. The spacing is terrible. Um, okay, Jeremy. Oh, actually, Jeremy Grant's been at thirty nine percent from the last for the last two seasons. Okay, that's good enough. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess you can you can start. Well, and they also have Dumbuya too. Oh yeah. Oh God, is Rodney Magruder going to start for this team? That'd be fun. He might. So it's Derek Rose, Rodney Magruder, Grant, Blake, and Mason Plumley. This team might actually be as equally as hilariously bad as the 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 Hornets. So I might have to retract that statement. Man, <laughs> I hope I hope I hope the one guy who I used to work with, who's a big Pistons fan, has a a good liquor cabinet stocked up for this season. Uh, I mean, on on that note, it's probably it's probably good time to fire some people since that's uh, since we, we, I'm railing on the two biggest failures. Can we, 
the free agency. Can we can we can we just do a quick thing about Drew Holiday to the Bucks? Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, that was great. I think also that that day was just like pure chaos from a from a getting notifications about things happening and then not happening over the course of that weekend. Yeah, no the the Bucks the Bucks did well um, as well as you could. Um, yeah. You know, this could this could fail miserably, and like they could be in a ten year like drought if Giannis doesn't come back. But you, you know, like you don't want to. You play for you play for keeps, not for halvesies. That's the great yeah. outlaw would say. Yeah. No, I think I mean in a vacuum, you 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 need to go out there and prove to your to your superstar that you're willing to do what it takes to get the pieces to win. And I, you know, I think. Getting rid of Eric Bledsoe is a good thing for that team. Um, you know, Drew Holiday. I think. I think at this point, might be. I hate saying overrated because he's still really, really good. But like the way he was being described, I feel like by by pundits and things like that, it's like, all right, he's a really good second option for that team. Maybe third, if you know, depending. Probably third with Middleton. But like, you know, he's not. He's not a superstar. Like. He's the, he was definitely the best player available on the market, I'd say. But you know, and he'll be a really nice piece for that team. And he's not like a team. He's not like a team on your back tap guy. I think people a lot of that's, that's exactly what I was and they for, yes. and they they want to see like Jimmy Butler or right. you know what Jimmy Butler was this postseason. I agree with you. He's not that. Yeah. Um, but oh no, he's. He's still an amazing addition, and it is well, exactly you, what that you, team you, needs. Could you win a championship with Drew Holiday as your second best player? Depends on who your first best player is. If it's Giannis, win a championship? Probably not. Yeah, because like, um, I don't know. I mean, like, you can had, if he's your third. Had you, put, had you like flipped? Let's like think about it this way: if he was on the Raptors two years ago. And you flip him for, I guess, like, who would we be flipping him for? Like, Lowry, maybe? Does that team still win the championship? Maybe. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Like, you could maybe talk yourself into it. But, like, yeah, you know, when when these guys, like, go up against, you know, if if Milwaukee goes up against the Lakers and you're, like, looking for a guy to shut down LeBron, like, and still score, like, 16 16, again. I I mean, you also have Middleton, so, you know. Right. share some of the offensive load but like yeah you know i don't i don't know if i, I don't know but like i don't this is this is this move like definitely you think it makes them better right i think i think it makes i i, I agree it unequivocally makes them better um i mean it would have been really really nice if they could have finalized that bogdanovich trade sign and trade but yeah i i think this move makes them better and is exactly the kind of move that they should have made and it clearly states we're in it for this year. Like we are trying to do everything we can to get actively better to win a championship, which is all you can ask for out of a front office. I agree. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and also shout out to the Bucks for drafting Sam Merrill. That was awesome. <laughs> I love Sam Merrill. Um, but yeah, no, I think like if Drew Holiday is your third best player, you're in a really good spot. Is is my point. I I I love the move. I uh, love what Milwaukee tried to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see if it works. I hope yeah. it works. Yeah, I am. I'm intrigued. Again, you know, as as with all of these teams with free agency, like 
the season starts in 16 days. It's going to be rough for a little bit, especially the teams that I you think, know, in L.A. Had. I the NBA is better off with Giannis staying in Milwaukee for some reason. And so I kind of want to see that. I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. I, I also think I think he's going to stay, but we'll see. Um, all right. Is it time to fire people? Well, you know, on that note, I think the the fire that my fire that guy segment pertains to the state of Wisconsin. So I think uh, I think it actually is the perfect transition. All right, let's do it. Let's fire some people. This is the fire that guy segment where uh, we fire people that deserve it. Okay, um, I, I and this one is really meant to get under your skin more than anyone else's, uh, but I know you're not going to let me. So I'm just going to start talking about it anyway. Um, you know was watching the Marquette Wisconsin game on Friday night yeah. and there's only one person that deserves to be fired from that game and that is actually the clock operator. So uh, okay, actually trust me the the Wisconsin online fan base is the whole Zapruder film thing and I guess the clock had been off all night because it's a remote broadcast. Interesting. Well, I uh, I don't know that I believe that. But for those of you that don't know the backstory here, uh, there's a foul call with Wisconsin up one with, with uh, nine-tenths of a second left. There was a, actually what I thought was a fair foul call. Um, questionable, but well, you know, maybe follow your whistle, maybe not. But. I think, I think yeah, I think the ref maybe doesn't shouldn't make that call, but it also, you can't put you can't put yourself in a position where that foul could potentially be called. Yeah, like if you're Trice, I don't know what you're doing there. Yeah. But anyway, there's a foul call, and it looked like it looked like they stopped the clock uh, just a hair like before the, the call was actually made. So if you were kind of watching it live, it looked like, you know, there should have been zero on the clock when the foul actually occurred, but instead the clock still showed nine-tenths of a second. So a little bit of home cooking for Marquette there. The guy misses the, that wasn't the home cooking, but we can we can. I'll stop. Guy makes the first free throw, misses the second. Makes the first free throw to tie the game, misses the second, and then there's a tip in at the end to, for Marquette to win at the buzzer. Um, I thought I thought the clock operator should have been fired for that, but if there was something else going on, like a lag, uh, then maybe I should retract. Oh, that. trust me, I I went I, I did go I did go full conspiracy at first, but I people did point out that. Uh, the it was off from the uh, like the the what was on TV to what was actually on the the shot clock, which is the official game timer. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, I think and it, it makes sense, right? Like because they're broadcasting everything remotely. Like all the announcers are in um, like offsite. So, but yeah, I don't know if 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 there was an issue, then fire that guy for sure. Um. So. Uh, as, as I, I feel like a, a lot of, a lot of people will know, like I'm a big fan of, uh, of hard seltzers and, um, you know, there's, it's, it's actually pretty convenient with, with me being, uh, celiac and cantric beer, having this hard seltzer boom is, is, is really nice. Um, and it's, there's really an explosion of, of varieties and brands and flavors and, and all this stuff. But I think. I think we've gone too far, Steve. I think we've officially gone too far. Okay, why do you say that? I'm really glad you asked that question. Uh, so I was watching some. I was watching some game, and 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 Bud Light has been doing a, a 
big push on their on their seltzers and TV advertising. And they have holiday flavors. And my initial thought was like, I I don't know what they could possibly do. Like seltzer is usually like fruit flavored, like, you know, whatever. So their two new their two new holiday flavors for Bud Light Seltzer are ginger snap and peppermint patty. And I want to fire whoever thought that that was a good idea because why? Like ginger snap flavored water, peppermint patty flavored like seltzer water. Granted, it's alcoholic, but like that just sounds heinous. Um, I have not tried them. So there is there is there is a non-zero chance that, you know, they could be pretty good. But I don't know. I just feel like I feel like whoever came up with that should be should be fired immediately. Uh, I know you feel a lot more passionately about this than I do, so I'm gonna. But you're not. You're not lining up to try the, the holiday variety of. of I, I was not gonna be lining up for it. Oh man, I actually. Uh, uh, I I don't have anything else to add, so um, I think I totally agree with you on this. I think I think uh, I think this is a good time to uh, to wrap this up. Then, um, so as as mentioned, we'll be back before the start of the season with our 30 teams in 60 minutes segment. Um, thank you all for listening, like, and subscribe or whatever. Um, give us a five-star review. Uh, just show up at Steve's door and tell him how much you like the podcast. Um, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening guys.